You would think, and it is largely true, a lot of the work that I do as a marriage and family therapist is about helping people to maintain or strengthen what might seem to be a weak relationship. And that's good because the divorce rate is too high. By some accounts, it's about 50%. All marriages end in divorce by about 50%, according to some research studies. Some say it's a little bit less than that. But either way, there is a great deal of pain that accompanies a demise of a relationship. But here's what's interesting sometimes, and even I forget about this. As a therapist, sometimes my job is to help or illuminate the reasons why people are staying in unhappy or destructive relationships. Destructive emotionally, psychologically, mentally, spiritually. Believe it or not, these destructive relationships are far more devastating and more common than you might realize. And maybe, in fact, you're in one of those destructive relationships. And maybe despite everybody's best efforts, those family members, those close friends going, hey, why are you doing this? It's terrible. You seem miserable. Why are you staying? And then you look at the relationship and you say, well, I'm staying because, well, you don't know why you're staying. But there are reasons And sometimes if you can actually understand the reasons why you're staying in a destructive relationship, that might equip you, believe it or not, to say, you know what, it's no longer valid that I submit myself to this kind of abuse. I can leave. Now, as a therapist, every once in a while, somebody comes to me and says, Joe, should I marry this person? Should I divorce this person? Should I break up with my boyfriend? What do you think? And I say... It's really not my job to tell you what to do. It is my job, however, to help illuminate and look at why you're doing what you're doing. Once you understand all of the reasons why you're staying or why you want to leave this relationship, then you can make the decision. You've got to own that responsibility. And that's what I want to do right now. I came across an interesting article by Randy Gunther, Dr. Randy Gunther. Uh, in Rediscovering Love, and this was found in Psychology Today, and she wrote some great points, and I think, yep, I agree with that, and that, and that, and that. (laughs) So I want to talk about some of these reasons that she and I both think that you might be staying in a relationship that really is not healthy for you. Sometimes you get so rigidly locked up into this miserable interaction, and yet you just say, I can't leave. Why is that? And again, even though on some level you say, yeah, this is not good. Why am I doing this? (laughs) But if you can get to the root of it, why you're staying. Or maybe if you can help somebody else get to the root or help them to understand why they're staying when they really shouldn't be, then I'd say you might be really serving them well or serving yourself well. Now, what might be the first step? Before I get into the psychological reasons why maybe you should consider leaving a relationship, but you're not, I want you to think about this, what God says about your relationships. And I know this seems counterintuitive, perhaps, to you, unless you're really steeped in Christianity. But Paul says in Romans, and Jesus says this too, right? Bless your enemies, That's really the root. That's one of the things that really separates Christianity from other religions is to really bless those who are hurting you. Now, again, that doesn't mean, oh, wow, this relationship is really destructive. I'm going to bless them and stay. That's not it. But when you bless your enemies, when you move yourself from the cursing under your breath, 
then you're freeing yourself from some of those destructive feelings that you feel about yourself because you're choosing to forgive when you pray for those who are persecuting you. Now, again, that's very different. Forgiveness is very different from reconciliation. So just because you can forgive this person, it doesn't mean that you should stay in this relationship unless you can actually reconcile. And in short, what reconciliation means is that you change the relationship, that you both say, yes, what exists right now is no good, it's unhealthy, we're going to change our behavior, we're going to change the way we talk about a relationship, how we think about a relationship. It's going to be a new relationship. That's reconciliation. But whether that happens or not, you still must forgive because that's what's going to help to set you free. And within that freedom that you find with forgiveness, you might be able to make a better decision. Now, what are some of the common reasons why you might be staying in a painful or a destructive relationship? Well, like most things in life, as the saying goes, even a broken clock is right twice a day. At some point, if you were to look at that clock that wasn't working, If you were exactly lucky, (laughs) you said, oh, wow, it's exactly two o'clock. That clock must be working. But if you come back five minutes later and say, wow, that clock is five minutes slow. No, it's broken. It ain't moving at all. And sometimes you look at your own relationships the same way. You say, well, yeah, it's pretty bad. But every once in a while, it's just exquisite joy. It's just deep bliss. It's joyful. It's wonderful. Whatever that element is. Maybe you laugh once in a while. Maybe you take great vacations. Maybe you have wonderful intimacy. But don't fool yourself into thinking that's the totality of the relationship. If you're looking at your relationship and saying, boy, every once in a while there's a real spark, that might not be reason enough to say, I'm going to hang around for the 2% of the time when it's really good. Even if it feels really pleasurable for you, Maybe the relationship, you know, gives you great stability. And you say, oh, I never had stability as a child. I really need this. Yes, he yells at me. No, she never acknowledges what it is I need. (laughs) But it's stable. Even in the pain, it's stable. It's predictable. And maybe you even find pleasure on that. But the truth is, you might have to turn your back on that momentary pleasure to live as God really wants you to live. And I want to point out from the gospel, Luke chapter 4, right? When Jesus was, prior to him beginning his ministry, what happened? You probably know he was led out into the desert to be tested by the devil. And one of the things the devil did is he said, look at this. He took Jesus up onto a high place and said, look out over the world. Everything, all this splendor, it is there for you, for your pleasure, to serve you. I will turn it all over to you. Just worship me. Nah, that ain't going to happen. Obviously, Jesus said, no, no, I'm going to worship the Lord, my God. And sometimes you might have to look at those things that you're worshiping within the relationship. And if you got to say, you know what? It's actually not in line with my values. It's not really enough. Then you might have to walk away from those things, even if they seem to be giving you momentarily, momentary pleasure. Because you might be holding on to what is inferior for that one thing that you say, but this is wonderful. We have a lot of money together or we do take great vacations or whatever it is. 
Jesus said, look, if you really want to give it all you got, sometimes you got to be willing to walk away from what you've got. Jesus with the rich young man, he said, okay, you want, you want everything? You want everything that I have to offer? Yes, I do, Lord. Yes, I do. Okay, go sell your possessions and give everything to the poor. Huh? Yeah, then all your wealth will be with me in heaven. Come follow me. What? What? <laughs> and that might be what you're doing with this relationship, thinking, saying, well, I've got this, but is this really enough? Now, maybe you're thinking, well, this is it. This is the best I can hope for. And there might be reasons. That might be the reason why you're staying in this destructive relationship, because you just don't believe that there's something better for you out there. You might be living in that emotional prison because you've convinced yourself that you're just not worth more than this destructive relationship. Maybe those prior relationships, particularly those relationships that you experienced in childhood where you were abused or neglected or not cherished or not heard or not understood, you now carry those beliefs into your adult relationship and say, well, yeah, of course I'm not heard or understood. Of course I'm not cherished. But that's what I deserve because that's what you learned as a child. But you may be underestimating your value. For sure you are. From a godly perspective, Jesus reminds you, Matthew chapter 10, you can read this. He was talking about worry and anxiety and getting all your needs taken care of. And he said, hey, what's the price of a pet canary? Few pennies, right? And God cares what happens to it, even more than you do. But here's the caveat. He pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. See, God looks at you and he says, you are a magnificent creation. You are made in his image. So if you have these thoughts, well, that's it. This is all I deserve. I deserve this punishment. I deserve this harassment, harassment this neglect. It's not true. You've got to come against that false belief. Because if you were never exposed to a quality relationship as a child, if you were never treated with that kind of love and dignity and respect, then you have a false belief about your value now. Sometimes you stay in destructive relationships because it's just familiar. Again, it's not uncommon for you to be attracted to somebody and even marry somebody who say, wow, he reminds me of my dad so much. Guess what? Even if dad was neglectful or yelled a lot or was abusive, sometimes we are attracted to something because it just feels familiar. And if you were attracted to somebody and married to somebody and said, well, yes, yeah, very familiar. Well, the brain likes familiarity. On one side, it says, oh, wow, this is very comfortable, but you're really in a lot of pain. Yes, but I recognize this pain. And so you never move from it. You know, you can get comfortable even in the pain because that's what you experienced when you were young and you had no power to change that. And now as an adult, you still think, I have no power to change that. You don't think you have any expectation to actually be separate from that pain. And so you don't have the courage 
to face that separation because you're not only leaving this person in your adult life, but what you're doing is you're walking away. You're having to acknowledge and accept the fact that that's how you were treated as a child. And that in itself can be so painful that it can keep you in this destructive relationship right now. Now, Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians, he was speaking specifically about the, to the church and talking in tongues. But what's interesting is the message actually still applies because it has to do with maturing and going on and beyond those beliefs that you experienced that you built up as a child. And Paul said, to be perfectly frank, he said, I am getting exasperated with your childish thinking. He said, how long before you grow up and use your head, your adult head? He said, it's okay to have that childhood unfamiliarity with evil. He said, a simple no is all that's needed there. He said, but there's far more to saying yes to something. Only mature and well-exercised intelligence can save you from falling into gullibility. And you got to think about that when you're looking at what you're holding on to versus what might be awaiting for you. That mature, that loving relationship. Sometimes you have to let go of the childhood belief, oh, this is enough. This is all I get. Now, the next one that this doctor talks about in this article, and it's interesting, and I have mixed feelings about it. But there are times that you're in a relationship and you stay in a relationship because you know that if you were to leave, you might be saving yourself, but you can't bear the pain that it might be causing other people. You know, you think, oh, I, I, I'm a pretty good dad. I, 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 I can't imagine some other guy living and raising my kids. And I get that completely. And that can be an honest and a sincere and a val valuable, actually, idea to hold on to. It's like, wait a second, I actually am responsible. I brought these children into the world. I want to give them the absolute best, even if it means that I sacrifice part of my life. Now, again, this is very complicated because I'm not suggesting that if you're in an abusive relationship, it's like, well, I'm going to hang in there for the kids. You're not doing your kids any good if they're watching you being beat up or abused, you think you're protecting them, but maybe what you're doing is enslaving them. It's showing them an example. It's like, yep, this is what I deserve. And so they might think, well, maybe that's what I deserve as well. But again, you've got to move on. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not here to say you should leave that relationship or you should stay in that relationship. But I want to illuminate why you're doing what you're doing. Because if you think you're staying in a relationship to protect somebody, maybe you are, and maybe that's valid. But maybe staying in a destructive relationship isn't protecting them at all, but subjecting them, these children or other people around you. Sometimes you've got to live your life and say, God, what do you want? Yes, I don't want to disappoint my parents. But maybe that's what I've got to do. Maybe your parents say, no, you got married. You got to stay in this miserable relationship. After all, that's what we did. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Again, I don't know. I'm just here to help you look at your relationships. Paul says, and again, in Galatians, he said, you know, 
until the time when we were mature enough to respond freely in faith to the living God, we were carefully surrounded and protected by the Mosaic law. The law was like those Greek tutors, Paul says, with which you're familiar, who escort children to school and protect them from the danger or distraction, making sure the children will really get to the place they set out for. And I get that sometimes you enter in a relationship and maybe you're dating, maybe you're engaged. Maybe it's a friendship and you say, yeah, this was good, but you know what? Now I've got to look at things with my mature head. Maybe this destruction isn't or good for me. Maybe you've made a promise to God. Lord, I promise I will be faithful to this person. And again, I'm not saying if you're married, it might be different. If you're not married, it might be different. But maybe you're thinking that you're being holding true to a promise to God. Well, I can't, I can't get divorced. And again, I don't think anybody should ever look at divorce easily. But maybe once you look at this and say, you know what? I've got to let go of this pain because this relationship actually isn't of God. Now, another reason why you might be unwilling to let go of a destructive or a painful relationship is your own fear of being alone. None of us are meant to move through life alone or isolated. There's greater anxiety when you feel separated or alone. There's a greater depression. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, Understandably, I just can't bear the heartbreak. Even though this is a loveless or a hurtful relationship, I just can't bear the idea of being alone. But here's the good news. You are never alone. Not when you really embrace your faith. Not when you really embrace the things that God says. Because what he tells you is, I will never let you down. I will never walk off and leave you. That's why you can boldly quote, God is here, ready to help. And the writer of Hebrews says, I'm fearless no matter what, who or what can get to me. And so if you're staying in a destructive relationship because you think, I just can't bear to be alone, you're not. You just have to strengthen that belief, that faith. You have to see God right there with you. And if you open yourself up to it, I promise you, God will bring other people into your life to support you along the way. Now, another reason why sometimes you might stay in a relationship, and I've seen this quite frequently, where there's addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol, And you actually form a relationship around and form an attachment based on that codependent relationship. Like, oh man, he is so sick, I've just got to stay here. I'm his rock. I'm his only avenue to sobriety, to get clean. You're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. That relationship is based on unhealth, not health. But sometimes that's so attractive because you see yourself as important, as valuable, as necessary. As long as that person is really sick and you see yourself as the person who is there to heal that person and their life. But good luck with that. That's a real challenge. 
And you have to look at your own sickness if you're looking at your relationship and your role as Savior to that person. You know, we've got a Savior. We don't need another one, and that's not you. (laughs) The truth is sometimes, and, and this is what, it was very startling, and sometimes for people, it's still startling. When Jesus said in Matthew 10, he said, hey, I haven't come here to make life cozy. I've come to cut, to make a sharp knife cut between son and father and daughter and mother and bride and mother-in-law, cut through all these cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. And sometimes you have to free yourself from that destruction, the codependency, so that you can be free to live in freedom and health. He said, well-meaning family members can be your worst enemies. And you might be your own worst enemy if you think, oh, I've got to stay. Well, guess what? A lot of times what happens in these codependent relationships is the person does become sober or clean. And now what's your job? Now what role do you play? Oh, you don't need me. And sometimes relationships, believe it or not, fall apart when people no longer depend on that codependent, unhealthy relationship. But remember, you are offered something so much greater, a greater attachment, an attachment to health and holiness. And that's why God says, I want you to relax, to, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. God wants to give you the very kingdom itself. And that's why he said, I want you to steep yourself in God reality, in God initiative, in God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns all met. Don't be afraid of missing out. If you're holding on to that relationship because you see your role as a savior to that sick person, that addiction, let it go. You're not living in God reality. Now, there might be times that for, for some very practical reasons, you just say, I just don't have the resources to leave this relationship. And I get that sometimes people feel stuck because they feel stuck. You know, you can't sell the house and move where? These days, people can't even afford an apartment. I couldn't afford an apartment. I think my mortgage is, is less money than most apartments. And separation can be very expensive. And the sacrifices that accompany that might be too hard to make. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. You know, when you're weighing the consequences of sacrificing comfort and familiarity against life with less, you might say, "Ah, I'm kind of used to this. I like having a house. I like the two of us working together to make ends meet. That's understandable. But that's a choice that you have to make. And if you choose to stay in a relationship because you say, well, I just can't afford it, well, then make peace with that relationship. It doesn't mean that you have to accommodate abuse or neglect. I'm not saying that. But make a compact to make that relationship really what it can be. But I want you to think about this too. Because God actually asks you to sacrifice, to give up things so that you can live for him completely. But here's the truth. You might be giving up. You might be letting go. But God offers you so much more. He said, you 
who have followed me or following me right now in the recreation of the world when the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you who have followed me will also rule. He said, and not just you, but anybody who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me, will get it back a hundred times over. So if you feel like you're having to sacrifice too much, remember, God will always give you back so much more than you would ever lose. Remember, you are God's mother and brother and sister and daughter. You are friends of God. And you obey God. You are connected to God. And when you're connected to God, you can let go of that destructive relationship. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.